Welcome back to another episode of the Panda Stone Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a.k.a. Sigurd Haiku, and I have another guest today, Johnny Anomaly. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, an honor, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you you had me on yours first, so I'm just happy you said yes to mine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. As poets, man, we got to stick together in this. Right, right, right. We, one against the world <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. So we were talking before, and I just want to go ahead and jump into it because I think that's, first of all, everyone everyone who's listening, we had a few cancellations back and forth because life is how life is. Um, so I kind of wish I'm jumping with you. Well, first of all, let's, let's, how, how's the you and the family doing? Let's, let's start, let's, let's soften the blow a little bit first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the family is doing really good. Um, yeah. So far, you know, with lockdown, COVID, and everything this past year, so far, man, um, our has gone this long uh, without COVID, without having anyone here uh, have COVID or anything. So good. Um, we've had a few sinus infections and stuff like that, but nothing COVID related. And uh, so, man, I'm just really grateful and just thankful for uh, my family's health during these uh, uncertain times, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so far today, man, we're just kind of bunkered inside. Uh, <laughs> Due to some uh, some rain here, just heavy rain and thunderstorms and all that other stuff, you know. But it makes for a good time of uh, you know watch streaming movies on Disney Plus or whatever else, you know. So yeah. Did you uh, did you uh, get the Disney Plus for yourself or for the kids? <laughs> selfishly, yeah, yeah. So selfishly, probably more for me because um, being such a big fan of, uh, of of just everything Disney when I was growing up, and so. I mean, from everything from like The Lion King to Boy Meets World right. and everything in between. You know, I had to, I had to, man, for, for mostly for me, my wife, you know. Right, right. But, uh, you know, the kids, the kids, uh, they enjoy it so much. Uh, they, they enjoy it so much more than we do. But uh, <laughs> right. I tell you what, man, yeah, we recently just finished uh, Loki. Oh, and wow. uh, that, that was really cool. I mean, so, yeah, I, I dig it for all the Marvel stuff. And, um, yeah, but, you know, it's funny, like my kids, like we talk about, um, having Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, whatever, the whole gambit mm -hmm. of, you know. And they're more they're more entertained by like adults playing with toys on YouTube. Like I don't know what it is. Like the toy reviews, like Poppets and all of these other things yeah. that they're into right now. Like I'm like, kids, come on. Like we're <laughs> like you have Disney Plus, you have Hulu, whatever. Netflix, right. get on there, watch something. They're more entertained by by the uh, the camaraderie that goes on with families on YouTube, and so it's like, okay, <laughs> you know. But if you can't, because so, yeah. you cancel it, they're like, "Where is it? Why'd you do that for?" <laughs> right, exactly. And that's what's crazy is like, I'm not going to cancel it because I get more out of Disney Plus than they do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Me, and my wife, we saw um, Black Widow on Friday night. Yes, you seen it? Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. Friday, uh, no, Thursday night. Wait, oh, nice. Yeah, Thursday night. Nice. Um, I went with my brother, and, uh, and and we're really into Marvel. I mean, we've watched it, like, just about every Marvel movie since 2008 in theaters, you know? So it's oh, always wow. an experience for us, you yeah. know? And, uh, and it, it was just it was just funny. Like, the, we, it was my brother and I and maybe four other people that were sitting up top, and it was pretty much empty. And him and I were just sitting like right next to each other, just enjoying <laughs> snacks and talking. Right. And man, Black Widow, was it like, 
it was more than what I expected. It was a lot darker than I expected. Would you say? Which would I appreciate it because I, I mean, you can't yeah. make too light of her past. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too, I don't know too much about her comic book past too much, but right. I do Thanks. have an idea. And I was like, yeah, you can't overshadow the fact of you know her orphanage and things like that. Yeah, that eerie opening, like the montage, the opening Ooh. with uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit," just played so. I know. Drearily yeah. on piano, man, it was so good. I don't know if they could have picked a better song at that moment. Right. Just to, be, to, to start off the movie that way was just, man, it was just, it, it was incredible. It, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I only thing I, a few, a little, few little things, the only thing I, was, I wish they would, I've been waiting for the, her to have a movie for years. I really think they should yeah. have did hers like around Civil War. Around that time. Yeah, that would have made more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, she's a little bit older now, so I know she couldn't do certain. I don't know if it's because maybe whatever reason, it just seemed like she didn't do as much action move as she used to. Um, but everybody, right. everybody else was just <laughs> going crazy. The mother, <laughs> mother, I fell in love with. I was like, she is a really, <laughs> she's a, a warrior. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. So dope. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I'm not the only one who who, uh, who saw it then because our theater was close was um, really light too. There's probably probably ten fifteen people, including us, in there. Yeah, yeah. Was it weird going back into the theaters? A little bit. It was. It was a little bit. I um. I'm one. I'm a movie buff, man. Mm. I there's something about the theater for me. Um. I I don't I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of memories involved. Like like I said, going with my brother, especially like we grew up like going to movie theaters and going to these, um, you know, opening night of whatever. Um, and, and so to, to us, it's like a really special thing. Um, so much so we have our tradition, you know, we, uh, we go get snacks before the movie. We never get snacks at the theater, even though we're like sub members, right. unless we're getting like free snacks or something like that. Then yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, we, we just have this tradition. We stop at Walgreens, we rack up on snacks and we, uh, we go watch a movie and, uh, you know, it's the, the entire experience, and it's something that I'm, I'm even with my kids wanting to get them, like, get them excited about, like, going to a theater. And uh, just that the whole experience, the smells, the popcorn, the, you know, um, nothing like being in a cold theater watching watching a movie. And even the previews, everything is just a part of the experience that I, I really enjoy. Yeah. But, yeah, to, to say going back was a little odd. It was, but it was just so exciting. Like, it was just, it, <laughs> you know, it was I feel like a kid again. Yeah. It's really refreshing, so, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Do you go to the ones where you have to reserve the seating and you can sit in like, those giant couches that recline? Man, we don't have that here. Like, you that don't? is insane. Like, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we have, it's like a, Homa, where I'm at, Homa, Louisiana, is they like a, a big, small town, if mm. that makes any sense. There's one movie theater. There used to be multiple. And we have one. It's the AMC theaters. But, uh, yeah, no no couches that recline, like no seating that uh, <laughs> so you old school. is like really comfortable. No, yeah, it is really old school. And um, so, yeah, I have some family that live near Baton Rouge, and um, that's what they say. They go, and they're like reclining seats, and there's like a waiter that comes in and Ooh. gives. I'm like, what? Ooh. That is insane. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I would do with that kind of power, Alan. I don't know what I would do. There's, there's, a, there's one, <laughs> by, one by my house, not too far, far, maybe like the next city over. Um, in Apex, and there's it's called Cinnabol. There's a bowling alley. There's a bar. There's a huge restaurant. There's a, a movie theater. Um, every time I go to to watch it, 
or go to uh, get a ticket, I'm like, nah, I'm probably spending that money because a little, it's a little extra, you know, for it. Yeah, yeah. So ours has a bar, and that's what's funny about Black Widows. We went, and um, my brother and I are like, before the movie, we're like, let's get us, let's get us a beer, you know, yeah. and uh, and so we did, and it was just, it was just so. I mean, it's so expensive. First of all, I mean, a beer I think was uh, my beer was like six bucks. Ooh. And I'm like, come on, man! Yeah. And he had his beer it was like eleven bucks. Ooh. He had like a six, you know. Yeah, dude, it was insane. But he wanted for for you know the experience. Right, you know, it was right. one of those things. So he actually paid for my beer. I'm like, dude, I'm not paying that. He's like, come on, man, I'll pay. I'm like, okay, you can, but <laughs> right. dude, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> and so that that was another cool thing. That was the first for us is being in there and drinking alcohol. And it's like, okay, this is this is different, you know. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was good, man. It was it was really nice. Well, that's good. Oh. Yeah. How was um? So is there? So you said you're a, a movie guy. Like, what is there any movie that kind of in, ever inspired you to write something at all? That inspired me to write something? Yeah, like the, the, you just watched me, but oh my goodness, I just I just feel like I have to write. I, I feel like I, this is a theme in this movie. I just I can't get away from right now. Yes. Actually, yeah, that's that's a really good question. You know, I've done I've done several interviews. I've never been asked that question. As big of a, a movie buff as I am, I'm like, <laughs> man, I never I never get asked that question. So, man, kudos to you for even asking that. That's awesome because um, in so many ways, I can see different movies have had their effect in my poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is um, probably more explicitly was the movie Hook with Robin Williams. Ooh. Um, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Okay, I'm really curious. I love that movie. <laughs> let's, dive, so, let's, dive, let's dive on in. <laughs> yeah. So really looking back on it, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's a cheesy movie, whatever. But to me, like even being a kid, like I love that movie. And even now sharing that experience with my kids, they love the movie. Mm. And we'll sit through the whole, I think it's like a two and a half hour movie and we'll sit through all of it. And right. as many times as I've watched it, I can still watch that movie and just still be like, take something away from it. You know, even now being a parent and sometimes having that Peter Pan moment when you're a kid and, you know, life is just amazing and it's one big adventure and then you grow up and then it's, you Mm -hmm. have kids and it's not so much an adventure and it's not so much as exciting as it used to be. But, you know, there's something there in that movie that, you know, we have to go back and realize, Oh wait, this is what it was like to be a kid again. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. and, and so many times, even looking back in that movie will sometimes even bring me to tears because I just remember being that kid excited and life, like I said, was an adventure and, you know, the possibilities were endless. And then you grow up and you're working a seven to five and, you know, right. you're, you're, you're going through the motions of being a dad and a parent and having the kids at school on time. And, you know, you're working, you have all these things. So, you know, there's so much in there that, you know, my kids can get from it that even I get from it now, you know, we just from different age groups they they see it as exciting and you know the, the the imagination and all these things and peter pan and i get from it something completely different now being 32 than what i did at you know 10 11 12 whatever mm-hmm. and uh to, to see that to see them you know experience that um long story short i know i just went off the rails no you're fine that movie, <laughs> yeah that movie actually inspired a piece called bangarang that i wrote Ooh. that was based on the the movie and um, I was watching it one time with my kids, and it was just that, that part where Rufio 
and Peter Pan, they were going back and forth, kind of dissing each other, you know, and the mm-hmm, boys would mm-hmm. get excited, and it was like, bang, already, you know, and I thought, <laughs> it's almost like this, this little battle, this right. little rap battle kind of sort of thing going back and forth, and I thought about that, like, it, it really just kind of, I didn't really think too hard about it, it really just hit, where it was like, man, if, if you can, like, see that in real time, in yeah. real life, you know, where if you do a show or something, and like bang or rang, you know, just having an audience say that. And I've used that. I've used that in a live setting. I, I've kind of told the crowd, like, hey, at this part, you know, said bang or rang, you know, and it was like, it worked and it was just cool. Yeah. And in there, in the poem that I wrote, I just was talking about, you know, being like, um, you know, I started off with like, um, this is an aim at these irate men known as pirates. So it's almost like these, mm. these pirates these haters, whatever you want to call them, you're basically, you're saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm still here and I'm still doing this thing. And you know, you almost want your, your supporters and behind you saying bang array, you know, like <laughs> cheering you on, you know? And, uh, yeah, it, it inspired that. And, uh, it, it led to one of my favorite, my favorite poems to perform live. And yeah, like I said, it's called bang array. And just that, um, that's one poem. That's one example. Um, and, and, and there are songs, there are instrumentals. Um, um, movies is another thing, but also being inspired by uh, music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love music. And so there was an instrumental done by a guy by, name, by the name of Christopher Franzen. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he goes by the name Lights in Motion, and he does instrumentals and, uh, for movie soundtracks and everything. Oh, wow. And I was listening to, yeah, I was listening to an instrumental just in the background. And, you know, I just had this idea of just like, man, I really just so I knew I wanted to, to write a poem for my kids, but I, I didn't want it just to be any poem. I wanted it to just be, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, it has to be just have so much depth to it. Well, I started writing and then I'm like, what is this instrumental? Because sometimes I'll do that. I'll just get caught and I'll just start thinking, you know, while I'm listening to instrumentals. And I look at the instrumental, it's called Paper Wings. And I thought, wow, what a concept. What, what would it mean to? to fly with paper wings or at least try to fly with paper wings. Mm. And then I end up writing a song for my kids called wings, Mm. um, just based on that instrumental. And it was just talking about, you know, just like I was told not to run with scissors in my hands, you know, um, I'm telling my kids the same thing. And I used it almost as an analogy, like don't be the one to clip your own wings. Mm. Like if you're running, when you eventually, take flight so to speak with your dreams and when you're chasing these things and one day when you jump off that cliff metaphorically speaking don't clip your wings on the way down mm. don't let your self-sabotaging self-deprecation you know wh- where you're running and you're flying with your, your scissors don't be the one to clip them yourself you know yeah. because it's gonna it's fragile and so just in some ways it works you know and it just uh, my mind can go my mind's kind of kind of crazy sometimes so that's where I went with that. Um, and so different things, movies, music, so many, di- there's so many different elements. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. That are just, that are just found there. Um, yeah. So there's, 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 <laughs> there's this is, I know about, you know, creatives, poets, artists, things of that nature. They, they view the world through a certain lens. Um, like, yeah. they, like there's different angles. Of course we all have different views. We can come from different versions, but mm-hmm. individually, it's interesting how we can take a concept and be like, oh, like, like how you did for Hook, and you took it and yeah. you just ran with it for your own personal life. 
Yeah. Like one of my one of my favorite scenes is towards the end where he was like, you know, it's just a dream, right? He said, you're just uh, yeah. Peter Pan. You're just Peter Panning, just about to wake up, working for your job, a job you don't even care for, and you're drinking your whiskey yeah. and um, your bourbon, alcoholism, yep. and everything like that. I was like, ooh, ooh, he just, reality just setting in. It's like, that's the life that you had. You were miserable, <laughs> pretty yep. much. So, yep. But the way you, you, you took it, and you was like, hey, look, I I kind of saw um, a reflection how what you talk about how the, the music and with the movie Hook and Self and with the kid, your kids, and I'm sure definitely the kids and your family is a big portion of your life. And yeah. the way you're viewing it, because I don't have kids right now. I've written plenty of poems mm-hmm. about you know future kids I have. I have one that's called "I'm in love with someone I have never met." Yeah, and the way that artists are able to take things and to mold it into their own personal life and and and, and bring life to the a poem period and able to mm-hmm. pretty much be vulnerable and share with others to me is amazing like it's it's we're, we're, right we're, we're not being we're selfless in that aspect because we're willing to share those emotions mm. hopefully hopefully it would touch somebody and they would feel the same way yeah and that's one of the most rewarding things of being um a quote-unquote poet because i still wrestle with that i've been doing this nearly 10 years mm. and i still wrestle with calling myself a poet like it's so crazy why, why but is that i don't because i guess i know you know, it's crazy because I, I've i seen so many great poets, or at least I've, I've heard them. And, you know, I've heard a lot of great poets that have never taken their poetry to the next level. And mm-hmm. I say next level as in, like, they're really great poets, but they will not get on stage. They will not release even their writing. Mm-hmm. And it blows my mind because I'm like, man, there's so much talent out there. That, But I, I don't know what it is. I guess it's a fear. I guess that's, that's the thing. I am not afraid to fail. Like I do things all the time where I like I, I, I see a lot of people that talk a big game and they talk about things they're eventually gonna do. And and like granted, I was that person. I still am that person. I just I still feel like I hadn't reached that uh, that point in my life yet where I'm like, Okay, I finally made it and I don't think I ever will hmm. because it's it's really just the process. And so I guess I wrestle with um considering myself a poet and all of these things because I see so many great ones out there that really don't have a platform or really don't um, have an audience. Not to even say like I have a huge audience. I, I really don't. Right. But but I think I, I do it more so because I have to. Like this is just what I've always done since I was a kid. I never mm. knew what spoken word poetry was until like 2012, 2010, something like that. Yeah, 2010. You know, I just had notebooks filled with writings and things i didn't know i can take it outside of music because i was in bands and things like that mm-hmm. i didn't realize i can stand on stage and and do this alone and, right. and put my feelings out there my emotions and so that's why i guess poet to me just it's, it's i don't know it's, it's a little different you know um i understand what i do you know it's considered you know spoken word poetry but i guess i um yeah just i just have a hard time accepting that i guess because there are so many po- like poets that come to mind when I think of, of poets, and I don't, I don't really feel like I'm on that list just yet. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it is some some self deprecation. I I don't know, you know. What, what, but I, but I but I have trouble identifying um, as a as a poet, you know. Yeah, I, I I can get what you're saying. What what would you what would be the time or what would you say would be the um would set the example of hey I I am a poet. Like what would put in your head like I'm there. What would it take? What would? 
what would put in my head? Yeah, what what would what would it take for you to say, hey, I I am a poet, or hey, I I did make it? Like, what would be the the things that line up to put you in that mindset? Man, that's crazy. <sighs> Honestly, I can't. I probably, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I'm being honest. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because most people would probably say, like, locally, on a local level, mm-hmm. I've been featured in newspapers. I've been on the cover of the local magazine here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, like, two seconds on America's Got Talent. Ooh. Um, Ooh, you know, really? Yeah, it was in support. It was actually in support of Brandon Leake, the, uh, the winner of America's Got Talent last year. He was the first spoken word poet to actually win. He won the whole thing. Oh yeah! And so, Someone told me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. So they had did they they wanted a montage for him, just people congratulating him, or, um, dedicating a poem to him, and uh, I did that, and that was really cool to see. Like I was just like, man, this is really cool. So yeah, it was, we watched it live, and I got two seconds of that, and I thought, man, that is really great. I'm about, but, to, I'm about to look you up then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was in his uh, in his montage um, on the season finale, and uh, it was. It was really cool. So I've done some really cool things. I've gotten to speak to some really cool people. I've gotten to perform for some awesome crowds and, and even perform with uh, one of my favorite bands and all these different things. But I still feel like I still haven't achieved it. You know what? Probably, you know, thinking about it more, like maybe where I feel like I've made it more, quote unquote, made it. I don't know if that's the thing. But when I go do like public speaking, like in high schools, mm-hmm. And teaching these students, not teaching them, because I feel like the talent's already there, but basically basically just nurturing that creativity and kind of pulling it out of them, like in speech classes and stuff like that. Right. That, to me, feels like that is so fulfilling to me um, to be able to do that. And that's really probably the times that I feel like this is it. This is what I was meant to do <laughs> with, mm. with this gift that I have. That, to me, that would be it, you know, because I'm thinking on a level of, of fame and notoriety, but really being in the classrooms and getting other students to, um, kind of connect with their creativity. That to me, that's like, okay, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm supposed to do with it. Mm. So yeah, that, that's a big one. I didn't even see, I guess I was just thinking of making it in terms of money, getting paid, getting fame. But I guess really when I think about it, what I really feel like I was meant to do with this gift is really just share it and help someone else along the same way. Yeah. You know, um, I told students that in high school, I want to show you this and I couldn't care less. If you go further than I ever did, I want you to go further. Right. I want you to take this and run with it as fast as you can. And, um, it's great, man. So, um, I have students still reach out to me and this was years ago. Um, I, I need to get back into public speaking in high school because I love it so much, but I, I stopped doing it for whatever reason. Um, have a tendency to do that. They, they still have <laughs> yeah. students that reach out to me and uh, show me their poems or lyrics that they're writing, mm-hmm. and it's just so cool. It's it's really it's really awesome. You, you do, know, you should do like a master class version of it, so that way you, you, that'll be really yeah, that'll be man. Dope. It is yeah, it is so crazy because like we have we have poets here in Homa, um, but none of them are going into schools really. So when I went into schools, the kids were just like who is this guy? Like, what do you mean you do poetry? So I would ask the class, you know, Hey, have, have you ever heard of spoken word poetry? And everyone's just, no one raises their hand. Like no one. I've done this so many times and no one raises their hand. It's like, wow, really? Okay. Cause there are so many great poets out there. Right. And so I give them an example, like a 30 
second to 45 minute example of what I do. And then it just grabs their attention. They're just like, what? Like, you know, it's just like, you just put words together. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you, wait, what is that? You know what I mean? And so they're like, yeah, you're a rapper, but not really a rapper. And it, it's just, <laughs> they try to wrap their head around it where it's like, you're definitely not. A, I'm like, no, I'm definitely not a rapper, right. but you know, and, and, and so it's, it's so amazing to see that, that light just go off in their eyes. Like, wait, you can do this stuff. You know, like, right. wait, you know, and I do it for free. I don't, I don't charge anything to do public speaking. So, um, I always tell them cause they think, well, you're here to, you know, sell something or do whatever. I'm like, I'm not even getting paid for this. Like, right. I just do this for the sheer love of it. Right. Cause I want to introduce others to this, um, to what I found, um, artistic expression through spoken word poetry. And there's man. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing to be able to do that and inspire others. And that to me would be, would be what I would consider making it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, where poetry has grown over the past few years, at least that I've noticed, uh, I mean, we had, yeah. we had a poet on the inauguration <laughs> and now, you know, we have, right. then there's a poet who, like you said, won the America's Got Talent. Um, there's, yeah. there's so many different things getting exposed. Of course, it's still, it's going to take time, just like any other art form took a time to uh, really t- set its footing in there. But mm-hmm. can you imagine that one day you'll go and say, has everyone heard a spoken word? And then one or two people will actually raise their hand and say, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 wow yeah it's it's come it's come a long way man it's come a long way when was the last time you did a uh, just in the past oh sorry <laughs> oh no no you could um a live you were you were gonna ask me when's the last time i did a live uh, yeah yeah live performance yeah besides um you know when when lockdown started i was doing those uh open mic instagram mm-hmm. uh, open mic nights on instagram mm-hmm. and um you know um, but before that, before I was doing that, I actually, an actual performance was uh, February of 2020. Mm. Uh, that was the last time, yeah, I performed, you know, um, a set, you know. So um, I'm ready to get back in it. Man. I'm ready to get back, uh, <laughs> get the ball rolling with that again. Um, I want to try and been get working you up here. Your material. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be dope, man. That would be dope. I'd, I'd be up for it. I, uh, I'd, I'd still be up for it. Give me a reason to travel, man. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not teasing. I'm, I'm going to think about it now. <laughs> Get some shows rolling. Yeah, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the last time I performed. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back into it, man. I've been working on some new material that mm. I really think I really think is going um, to hit home, you know? And, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. Nice. It, it's It's... We actually did my first performance um, June, yeah, in June. It felt so, it, I was so rusty. <laughs> I felt so rusty. I mean, I was yeah. going over words and just trying to get in the groove of everything and the audience. And, you know, I was shout out to um, Antino Art for putting on my show, the uh, Supper Club, the Poet Supper Club. <laughs> man, it was, um, yeah. man, it was so, it was amazing. But just after I did that first piece, I did. Like it just set, set in, like wow, I'm, I'm here. Like my eyes, just like I just couldn't believe it. And I was seeing all the poets, like I was almost in tears, just seeing everyone again because it's been so long. And they would actually hug them and embrace them. The community is so strong over here. It was very emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, dude. Um, 
do you have a new writing system now or is you, have you changed anything in the way you write things? Have you noticed an evolution in yourself when it comes to writing? Yeah, I actually have. Um, you know, when I first started out, I would, um, I would write Microsoft Word and I would have, I know this, this might be kind of odd, but maybe other people can relate to this. Maybe you, maybe you even can relate to this, <laughs> but the way I started to memorize my, my performances, because I don't, I don't perform with, I do everything by memory. Everything's completely by memory. Um, and, and what it was, was when I, when I started out, I would start out in a Microsoft word document. When I first started writing, you know, poems, and uh, spoken word, poetry pieces, um, I would write to where, like, I would start with the cursor in the middle of the, of the screen. Mm-hmm. And I would write like that. And I'd basically write in a way to where it, like, the words were structured. Basically it made, I know it, it probably sounds kind of odd, but I would break the words off to where the, the middle of the, all the words were written in the middle of the page and they were written in such a way that it was like, it made a shape. Mm. And some of the ways I would remember how my spoken word pieces, because everyone would ask like, how do you memorize this stuff? I would honestly remember just how I wrote it on the page and it would take shape. And I would just, that was the way I memorized my pieces. Interesting. And so, yeah, it's really, it's, I never, I never really thought about it. That's just how I did it. And then it helped me memorize my pieces. I don't even know if that, that makes sense to anyone listening, but it did to me. Like it just, um, when I forget a word, I just remember how the shape, the pa- how the words shaped on the paper and I'd, I'd get back right into it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so eventually now my writing, I noticed that I do a lot of, um, almost like paragraph form, you know, where before I didn't, I would just break, you know, the way I would break up the, uh, the lines and everything. Now it's more paragraph form and I'm able to, uh, to work that way, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, I've noticed that and at least in the past year on, um, with, with that change, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I know it's, it's a little different, but, uh, yeah, believe it or not, that's how I, um, was able to uh, memorize my pieces because it's almost like I would see this shape in my head and remember how the words were on the page. And that's how I would memorize it. So it wasn't even necessary. It was almost like muscle memory in a, in a right, sense, right. you know? And in some ways that's why even now I could probably go off on pieces that I hadn't done in years, <laughs> but I just remember how they were written and how, you know, and it's just like muscle memory. It just comes back. I, I kind of envy, yeah. envy the ones uh, who can actually do that, like memorize and put out, because I have a hard time remembering. Like I'll, because sometimes while I'm, I'm actually sometimes I'll be editing the poem while I'm like trying to think about it. So I have yeah. to stay like in that format. So I have to read off a, a page or a book or a thing like that when I perform now, because um, I just have a really hard time remembering. I don't want to ruin the piece, and I go off of timing and, 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 and slow slowing down certain sections for emotion, things like that trying to get better at it, but, um, yeah. so kudos to you for being one of the ones to actually memorize that poems. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I credit a lot of that to, um, I used to work when I started first doing spoken word poetry, I used to work as a truck driver mm-hmm. and I would spend my afternoons driving like all afternoon. And so during my drives, I would actually practice <laughs> Oh, like, wow. so I wasn't doing it at home. So even my wife wouldn't even hear me practice. It was like, oh, I got a performance. And she's like, when are you going to practice? So I was like, oh, I've been practicing. She's like, where? Like, <laughs> no, you know, no, you and it's one thing. 
What's that? It's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> yeah. And it would, it would even take her by surprise because I would do the performance and it was like, wait, when, how, I've never heard you do that. And it's like, you know, so I credit a lot of, a lot of those afternoon drives. I call them my, uh, my daily daydream drive because right. I would always like, I had all these ideas in my head and I would try to like, I'd, I'd print out like my poems. And while I was on the road, like sometimes I'd even like have the papers with me, like beside me where I'm like, Oh, I'd get stuck. And then, man, what did I say after that? Right. And then we, I hit a red light or something. And then it's like, I, I quickly glanced over and it's like, Oh, okay. That's what I said. <laughs> and I would use that time to actually practice spoken word. And, and yeah, that's, that's how I, that's how I started it. Um, and like I said, seeing the way it was written out on paper just helped me memorize. Um, yeah. So, so I credit that, you know, credit my, my day job at the time to, uh, being able to practice like I did. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Do, do have you, do you ever share the poem that you're writing or before you're about to perform um, with your family or do you kind of keep it until the day of the performance? Man, I keep it, I keep it to myself. Um, same here. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I keep everything really to myself. It, it's really just a habit. I, um, I've always held my words very close to me. I've always had notebooks that I would hide, like I just, cause I didn't want anyone mm-hmm. to know, you know, how I was feeling. And this, this means of expression, you're almost kind of opening the door and letting the skeletons out of the closet, you know, where mm-hmm. before I would be, I would hide everything. And, um, I still, I still do, I guess, cause I don't like giving away too much or sometimes, sometimes because I'm a worse critic, I feel like it's cheesy. Yeah. And so I'm like, no, I'd rather just save it for the performance. But man, to be honest with you, there was a time when I didn't even know what I was performing until five minutes before I was going up. Really? Like, yeah. So that, I was just ballsy. Proud. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've done that so many times, so many times. And some of those were like my best performances. Because I was so unsure of myself to where I had to give it like my all because I'm like, I can either like, it's either fight or flight right now. Like I can either do amazing or I can bomb. And so I'd really fight to memorize what I wrote and it would come through in the performance as just this genuine uh, performance because I really was trying no rehearsing or anything, just like figuring out, okay, what am I going to do? Like just feeling out the crowd. And saying, no, this piece might be too much. Or this piece. Mm. Or no, well, this person performed. And it might be like an open mic. And this person performed. And they hit on a certain subject. And the crowd really responded to that. I've got a piece that's kind of like that. Maybe I can touch on that too and kind of hit that nerve again. And get an emotional response from the crowd. And sure enough, man, it would work. Like every single time. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was able to do that for, for a little while. And um then when I started working on a newer, newer material and a newer set, I was kind of forgetting the older stuff and I wasn't able to do it as quickly. Um, but even, even sometimes now I'll, I'll improvise certain lines that I'll take some other pieces that, um, will make fit with another piece and kind of do it like that. I mean, my first performance as a quote unquote poet was at an event in 2013 where my set list just consisted of a bunch of pieces that were just kind of Frankenstein together to almost sound like one long seven minute piece. And that was my, my introduction. And when I got a standing ovation, the first time I done that, I was like, this is it. This is what I have to do. This, this has to be 
what, you know, I have to do. Right, right. And so, yeah, I kind of put everything into it. And I'm like, I want that response every time. And granted, I haven't. That, that's a once, I feel like, I don't know if that's a once in a lifetime thing or whatever. <laughs> because it was something that no one's ever seen before here. Right. That it was just like, what is that? Now people have gotten used to it, but it's still one of the biggest, um, something so meaningful to me is when someone comes up and is like, man, what you said, it's like you tore the pages out of my notebook and got up there and just said it. And it, it just hit so close to home. And that to me, it's like that. Maybe that's the moment where I feel like, okay, you know what? I made it. Cause I don't think anything will ever touch on that, you know, because you're writing from a place where you're writing from a vulnerable place already. Right. And when someone can say that, you know, that that's something that just means the world to you because you realize like, wait, okay, there's, there's that connection, you know, that, um, that, that, that isn't made unless there's this vulnerability, you know, and that's the hardest thing for me sometimes is being vulnerable because I'm just saying how I feel. Right. If you relate to it, then great. That That's amazing. But really my, my, my goal is really just to get this stuff off my chest. You know, it's even better when people relate to it. That to me is the, that's a win. You know, I think that's an unintentional thing that we all want. Like, yes, we're, yeah. like you said, we were expressing ourselves, but then deep down it's like, I hope someone takes it from this, what I took from it. Yeah. And you know, unintentionally, man, I always think there's one person, there's at least one person that's there that needs to hear what I have to say. Right. And so sometimes it's even making eye contact with a person and you don't know why. You don't know why for some reason you're, you're locking eyes with someone and it seems like the whole set is in some ways about them. And you don't know that. Right. But then after it's like, man, what you said, and it's just that one person that, you know, you made eye contact with and that you're, you're performing with, you know, you're, you're performing almost for, you know, in a way that just helps them, man. That just helps them in some kind of way, feel a little less alone because I don't know people's stories. I don't know if that's the last time someone's like, Hey, I'm giving it, I'm giving tonight one more night before I just end it all. Or I'm just going to go out one more time to have a good time, you know, and then I'm done. Right. You know, I've, I've had, I've had people in, in the arts community here that have, you know, taken their lives. Mm. And so you never know who you're performing for. You, so it's more than just notoriety or being known or getting fame from it. It's really like, man, we're just trying to help people survive. Right. Like people are going through life and they're hurting yes. and they're miserable. Yes. And they're out there trying to perform or even just, just go to a place where they could take their mind off of the pain. And I really try to take that into consideration when I'm performing. And man, sometimes it just hits home with someone and you know, it, it, you just know like, okay, this is the reason why I'm doing this. This is why, you know, not for followers, not for, you know, fickle fans or like, right. you know, it, it's really to help people get through because it is, to me, it's coping. It's creative coping at its finest. We're just trying to help each other survive out here. <laughs> like, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Plug, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, man, that's, that's exactly what it's about. For me, when I started doing poetry, that's what it was. It was about me coping through my feelings, man. It was me coping through the loss of a son. I, I, mm. I didn't hit the bottle. I didn't hit the needle. Like, I didn't hit pills. Like, I hit poetry, dude. Mm. I... I, I did like that was how I coped with it. That's how I I wrote about things that bothered me. I became, you know, I, I became like more vulnerable in so many different ways. 
And I was like, man, I just need to say what I need to say with the time that I have. And, and, and that's, that's what I've been doing for, for 10 years doing this stuff. And, uh, I'll continue to do it, you know, as long as I feel there's a need to connect with others, you know, right. and, um, and that'll always be right. I mean, we, we're always gonna, you know, uh, we want art, our art to be bigger than ourselves right. and we want it to go, you know, beyond what, um, we could possibly, you know, possibly think that as, as far as it can go, you know, yeah. um, if that makes any sense, but yeah, I mean, and it, and it's, it's, it's a process, man. And, and sometimes, I mean, I get discouraged because, you know, while, while I also feel like I want to help others, sometimes it is discouraging to go on and, and carry on. Like, really, do we, would it really make a difference if I put out a spoken word piece or if I did this performance or if I did this podcast, will it make a difference Right. in the grand scheme of things? Maybe, but you know, you get discouraged, you get burnt out and you know, um, but there's always something that just calls me back to it, you know, to give it one more try, write one more piece, you know, it's, it's, do one more interview or speak to one right. more person, you know, whatever it is, right. you know, and it's like, it's, it's that, man. There's just something that draws me back to it. It's that, it's that, um, I said to you a few weeks ago, or a few, yeah, a few weeks ago, is that man versus the artist mentality, like that, that co- yeah. combating factor. What, what is your man versus the artist? You know, you touched on just now a little bit. Yeah, my like man versus the artist, like basically the man who I am at home versus the artist who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes those those don't mix well at all. You know, <laughs> they don't like. Man, some days where I'm like I'm so far removed from the artist side of things, you know, where I'm just like I said, I just go through the motions. I'm I'm bringing kids to school like in camp and stuff like that during the summer. Now, granted, my wife is is amazing. She does most of that. But when I have to, you know, when I do have to do it, it is like, you know, when I have to be dad or I have to be the husband who's, you know, taking apart the dryer, who knows nothing about taking apart a dryer. Like, right. because <laughs> your kid drops, you know, accidentally drops a lid to the Tide Pods, like inside the dryer. So you're having to take it apart and you're, you're sweaty, you're funky. You're just like, what am I doing? Like, this is not, you know, Right, right, right. How did I get here in my life? <laughs> and then somehow do do interviews like like this one, you know, where you know spoken word poetry is the, is the topic and stuff like that. And it's like, ah, it's so refreshing to talk about because so often, I mean, I'm not the artist, you know, I'm more the dad, the husband, the right. the, the 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 worker, the coworker, the employee. You know, I'm I'm that guy, right? You know, um, as a day job, I mean, I'm a uh, I work uh, as an inside salesman, so I'm doing that, and um, I do some driving every now and then for a company. I I started doing like part time waitering, where I'm like delivering food and stuff like that part time. To uh, yeah, so so the artist is there, um, but it's it's so often um, just the guy who's just trying to to make it. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, who's just trying to get through the day to day and. Um, you know, um, yeah, that's, that's why it's just, uh, but the artist is always, it's always, he's always there, yeah. you know, that, that side of me is always there because I think w- what fuels my creativity is my work life, my, my, you know, my home life with my wife, my kids, that fuels in some way the creativity too, because like I said, I mean, I pour that into poetry, 
where I'm writing about my wife and kids and the movies we watch and all these different things. Right. But then also I feel like my creativity kind of bleeds into my, my life as well with like my work life and home life. And, you know, that helps me do other things too, because I want to be creative with my kids. Right. And uh, sometimes I'm not even the most creative or with my kids. And I realize like, man, maybe I'm just a poser. Maybe I'm just <laughs> fake because I'm not as creative as I think I am because my kids just seem to be way more creative than I am, you know? <laughs> but I think it's because they're unhindered by the things that I'm hindered by. Right. I'm hindered by, you know, insecurity and all these things. My kids just go for it. They're like, ah, let's go for it. You know, they create things, they write things, they, they sing things. And it's just like, man, it's so cool. It's just like Hook to, uh, going, that, on that. A, going on that adventure. You know, they're, they're not right. <laughs> That's exactly what you spoke on earlier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, they, all they, they have, well, if they're in school, they have school to deal with, and you know, these things you know, we talk about all the time just as adults. So, man, if I just didn't have to deal with these responsibilities, you know, <laughs> I want you know, think, think about the things that you want to do as a kid when you grow up, like, grow up, like whatever, whatever it is. Um, me, I was yep. want to be a writer or write, create things, but, um, and then now you're older. It's like I'm doing nothing. That most cases, most people in the world, they don't do exactly what they've always wanted to do. They're just here to pay bills or, or make money, pay bills. Like you know, the things we do for money is why I always say, because you're yep. you're sitting there, um, doing a sales job, repairing something, um, putting mm-hmm. out putting out a fire, whatever it is. And just like, wow, yeah. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be a lawyer, whatever it is. And just right. sometimes we get to that motion of like, why am I here? You know, why did I take that step? And they remember. Oh, yeah. It just didn't line up that way. <laughs> right. And it's true, man. And, and like, I'm, I'm really, I feel really blessed to have a wife who doesn't let me give up. Mm. Like who always reminds me like, Hey, remember that thing you started or, you know, these dreams you had, these ideas you had, like, what did you ever do with that? It's like, you know, I put it on the back burner and it's like, no, I think you should maybe pursue that. And then it's like, Oh, you, you think, and then, you know, that leads to one thing uh, or another. It was even when I think about it with, with spoken word poetry, I mean, it was my wife who I, I showed her a few of the writings I had. And she's like, maybe I think you can do that. Like she heard a spoken word poet and she's like, I think you can do that. It's like, really? You think so? And it just gave me the confidence that I needed. Like, this is the woman I love. This is the woman I trust. Um, whose opinion I trust and value more than anyone else's. And she's telling me I can do it. And I don't know, maybe I can do this. You know? <laughs> and that's how I get into some of the situations I get into because it's my <laughs> wife who like eggs it on. Like, Hey, I think you should try this. Or I think you would, you'd be great doing this. And it's like, really? You think so? And then, yeah. And then I do it. And it's like, Oh, okay. So I think that that plays a huge factor into it too, is having a supportive spouse. Yes. Um, yes. Because I, some of the stuff I would have gave up on a long time ago if it wasn't for my wife kind of cheering me on in a way and just saying, Hey, I think you can do this. I think you have something here. Just, you know, yeah. give it a little bit more effort. Maybe, you know, um, there was a point where I was really stagnant with my, with my spoken word poetry. And she just encouraged me, like, you just got to try harder, just practice some kind of, you know, she, she doesn't really, I hate to say she's not creative because she really is. She is very creative. But I guess in that, in regards to poetry and performance, just, more like maybe you should practice it a different way. Maybe you should write a different way. Maybe yeah. you should. It's all these little things that maybe she didn't realize it affected me in a positive way, but it did, you know, because I did take it into consideration. Like maybe I am thinking too hard about this or maybe, 
I'm trying way too hard to, to quote unquote make it like we were talking about earlier. Right. I need to just let it be and just have fun doing it. That's what it's here for, right? I mean, that's the reason why I do it is because it's fun because I enjoy doing it. Now when it becomes a job and it becomes something I have to do or um, I'm just putting way too much pressure on myself for a performance, you know, it's like, it's not fun. Right. Just do it for fun. Like go back to the root, the roots of it all. And it's like you were doing it to make a point. Like, and you were doing it to have fun. So get back to that, you know? And so that, that helps me out a lot too. It keeps me, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused and it keeps me driven, uh, to want to do better and improve, you know? Yeah. Shout out to all supportive wives out there. Mine's pretty supportive of my art as well. So shout out to those lovely women in our lives. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's, it's good to have that person in your corner. It's really, it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Even doing an interview with me today, I'm pretty sure, like, if you had to tell your wife, like, yeah, I'm interviewing this guy, like, she could have easily been like, well, it's Sunday, like, right. <laughs> can't we do something else? Right. Or, you know, anything, like, does it have to be today or whatever? And it's like, but the fact that, you know, yeah, you're, you're doing it. And, uh, yeah, shout out to, to letting us guys, you know, right. um, do these things, you know? Just pretty much just talk about random stuff and poetry for like an hour or so. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Isn't it, isn't it weird that cause you're a podcast too. You're a podcaster as well. And isn't it weird that right. we do this, that we pretty much sit here and just talk to people or just talking to a microphone and hope people listen to it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's the fact that we can do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's important. I mean, I feel like, um, even as far as like numbers and people listening and things like that, um, I've gotten so less concerned with numbers throughout the years with as much as my numbers have grown, I guess I became less concerned about numbers. I don't know. I guess when, and granted, I don't have like incredible numbers, but I guess it just makes me think it goes back to why I do what I do. Like, why do I do this? Because I want to make a point and I have something to say and I feel like it's important. And granted, it might not be gratification. You know, I might not see the fruit of these words um, for years to come, you know, I might, you know, just yet. But um, there's something that that keeps me hoping. um, Right. And I have faith that, you know, uh, it'll eventually get to the right person the right time that's kind of how i think of it now you know yeah I, i'm right there with you because you know, before it was like well, who's listening why is no one listening or what, what's going on you know do, do the people actually like it and then after a while yeah. it's just you get to the point it's like you know whatever you know i just enjoy doing it i'm just gonna if it happens to have if i get a, a hundred two hundred three hundred great if i get one two or three even you know great too good too because at least it touched somebody yeah. And, you know, it's really hard cause, because as creatives, you know, I heard someone say the other day, like, if you're a writer, no one cares about your writing until you're dead. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you're an artist, no one really cares until you're dead and gone. Then people start to notice. Then people will say, you know what? That guy had something to say. <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> that was, that was yeah, he had some pretty profound things to say, but no one really notices. You know, it's like... um because because it's like it's it's just little fish in a big pond right you know it's just like ah oh, yeah there's so many podcasters there's so many poets out there but you know you have to do it for the sheer joy of doing it because because you enjoy doing it because sometimes the the payoff doesn't match 
the um it doesn't match what you originally dreamed you know right and you ha- you have to be okay with that you have to be okay with um with you know a few people you know getting exactly what what you're saying what you mean by by what you're saying you know what i mean yeah um i watched an interview with uh, seth godin um he's a creative guy um and he was saying that like he doesn't read he writes books but he doesn't read book reviews like people who write reviews on his books because it doesn't it doesn't matter to him he's just creating for the sake of creating right. and um he said, you know, if he gets a bad review on a book, it doesn't mean that his book was bad. It just means that the wrong person read his book. Ooh. And I try to think about that with podcasting or anything I do. It's, well, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that the right person hadn't heard it. Right. Because I've had, I've had episodes that were less than like ideal, like quality. It could have been whatever, you know, Mike was just, the levels are off and I, I, I decided to post it anyway. And sometimes you get, like comments back on like, man, that interview, although the quality wasn't as great, man, what you said there was just amazing. And it's, and it's something they go back to and it's like, Oh wow. To others, it might be like, Oh, that's a horrible sounding interview. But to others, there's, there's little nuggets in there. There's little, there's diamonds in the rough, you know, where if you listen long enough, maybe you'll get something from it, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, I mean, I think because we want instant gratification and we want, we want to see results immediately. But sometimes it's just it's just not the case, you know. Um, There's there there have been episodes I've done that have been released since 2018, and I didn't start getting feedback on the episodes until like late last year. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, wow, I did that years ago. But it's like, man, that was like one of my favorite interviews. Like, do you think you can get this guest back? And you think maybe you can talk to them again, but with better quality? And it's like, I don't know, you know. I <laughs> but uh, I kind of forgot about it, right? <laughs> But it's, it's, it's amazing, you know? So, yeah, to anyone listening, like, I would say, like, that just delayed gratification. Um, if, you can, if you can hold out for the applause, if you can hold out um, and realize that you're doing great work, you're doing, amazing, you're doing amazing work, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, it's just that um, just right now you might not see the benefits of it, you know? There was, there was a movie that you just made me think of a movie that I, was, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a guy, it was a girl or a guy, and this person wrote a book, and this person, and this younger person, they found the book, and they loved the book. They loved it. And it probably the most favorite book they ever read, around read. And they just one day went to go search for the author. Um, they found the author. He's old, he, Now he's an old man, um, written like the 80s or whatever it was, and, you know, years later, and he didn't care for the book he he didn't care he's like yeah i wrote that a long time ago i'm done with it but if i remember correctly you know the storyline was pretty much like you know found him he was a real butthole and then after a while she she she, she pretty much warmed warmed him up to where she began to appreciate her love for his writing and i'm I'm missing a few little details i'm I'm very vague on the storyline but just the fact of he got like your 2018 episodes are now popping up now again. So, you know, the, yeah. you never know who's going to really, really appreciate whose lives you're going to touch. I mean, these are time capsules for us. If you think about it, you know, your, yeah. your, your kids are going to be, you know, with their kids and be like, yeah, listen to grandpa's uh, podcast from 2018, <laughs> 2020, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> look, look what he did, you know, look, or maybe like, what he's still doing, you know, listen to these older ones. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, yeah, when you think of it like that, I mean, during a, 
a pandemic like we had last year, I mean, I was still putting out episodes. Like I, you were on that season, you were on that season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, that's something to think about Like in a time where that stuff was documented. You know, we're talking about lockdown and we're talking about the coronavirus and, right. you know, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you know what I mean? To look back on that, look through these recordings, you know, if it's still there, you know, um, I was tempted recently. I just told my wife this, I think it was the day before yesterday where I thought about unpublishing all of the episodes and then just starting fresh, like brand new, like just because I'm just, I get like that sometimes. And I thought, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do it just because, you know, just because of that, of, of basically um, having that time capsule, like, you know, what? those were moments in time that, you know, th- that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I wanted to talk about. And, and, and so I did it. So, right, right. yeah. So that's one thing that, that kept me from doing it, but you know, I thought about it, it but was, uh, it I'm was... glad I, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to pursue that. I can't keep them. Keep, keep those time capsules of your life right there. And yeah. That's kind of what YouTube is too. You know, it's, the time cast all the videos right. and everything it's amazing how the technology now that we're able to keep this and people are able to see things in the future um it's amazing i mean yeah it is have you ever thought about doing another podcast that does a different um genre at all oh another podcast in a different genre yeah kind of like um like oh yeah you, you just got creative like you know i want to do one just about food i don't know <laughs> for example yeah yeah i um yeah yeah all the time I, um, you don't have to I've share the details multiple. just so, you know, you can keep your creativeness to yourself. Someone doesn't snap. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's always, um, because you get, you get a, I don't know if burnout's the right word, but you, you get, you feel some kind of way where you're like, you know, I really, I have other interests. I have other things that I'm interested in other than the creative coping podcast or spoken word poetry. Um, I love uh, Christian theology. I love, I love talking theology. So. I've done a, I've done a podcast before with my pastor and that's one thing we, we touched on and we did of that years ago and I really enjoy that. And, uh, I was like, man, I might, I might do that again. I'm thinking I might go down that route again, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I do even not even podcasting, but even like I launched a clothing line not long ago. Oh, like, yeah. I saw this, the shirt so looking always, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So man, I'm always like, I, I get the ideas. And then I just, I just run with it. Like I said, I'm, I'm less afraid to fail now, mm. you know, I'm just like, Hey, let's, let's just do it. I mean, I know nothing about launching a, an online t-shirt company, but I did it. And so far I've made sales in the UK. I just made a sale in Canada last night. Oh wow! So someone in Canada bought a shirt. Um, no one locally has bought a shirt. Like, well, two people who I gave my two of my <laughs> friends, I gave shirts to, but like even on a local level, I realized like, man, you think you would have more support locally in your own hometown, but it's just not the case. Sometimes I think I, I sold more shirts in Ohio than I have, you know, anywhere else. Yeah. And so yeah, that's been, that's been another thing, you know, even podcasting or really any other creative idea I get, I just have a tendency to run with it. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good um, thing though. It's really a good thing. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, because I, man, life is just way, way too short to just sit around and and think of like the what if Mm. i'd rather just do it and say like not what if but like you know why not you know what i mean rather than what if you know why not do it i mean that's that's funny that's me and my friends um saying for this year is we just be like because we're talking about doing some shows together 
and yeah. we, we would put it off for so long, you know, X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. And we're like, why not? Just why not? I'm going to get a shirt that just says that, just says, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, why, why not? I mean, who's to say, you know, I used to struggle with being unqualified and feeling like, oh, well, they're going to judge me, you know? I mean, I felt like that in the beginning, even with, with spoken word, I felt like I was so out of place. Like, man, what are they going to think? Like, who, who do I think I am being a poet? Mm. And then it's like, you do it. And it's like, Oh, people actually respect me for doing this. Like, you know, and because we're harder on ourselves, you know, um, I mean, we're always thinking that way. Like, what will people think? Or, or what do, who do I think I am to do this? Right. I don't know. I'm just crazy enough to say like, why not? Like, why not? Like, who do I think I am? I'm, I'm a creative person who just wants to create. Right. And regardless of what that medium of expression is, whether it's poetry, podcasting, an online apparel store. Like, I, I don't know. Like, right. I, just, I get these ideas and instead of sitting on them, I just execute them and just see where it goes. I mean, that's really all you can do is just see where they go. You know, I mean, what's the worst that'll happen? That's, you know, that's it's, a good it's, to have. But especially, yeah, especially when you go in with nothing to lose anyway. Like even with podcasting, I had nothing to lose. I had the equipment. I didn't have to pay anything. Right. And then, you know, with poetry, what do I have to lose? I mean, it's not going to cost me anything other than maybe I'll get up there and embarrass myself. I don't know. But if I practice really hard, maybe I won't embarrass myself. Maybe I can really make something out of this if I practice. And, you know, that I guess I just, uh, I mean, I was practicing in public. That's what I like to call it. When I was doing poetry, like the, in the beginning, like I was just practicing in public, you know? Yeah. And uh, it just so happened that a few people can relate to it. And, um, it means something to them. So, yeah, I, I just have that uh, that tendency to do that. You know, if I have an idea for a podcast, I might sit on it for a while, but um, eventually I'm, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to make sure all my uh, I have everything ready to go. I want to be professional about it. I want right. to have uh, everything lined up, and you know. But sometimes I can I can overthink my things, overthink myself out of things. You know, I can. Uh, yeah. I'll think too hard about something. I won't end up doing anything, you know? So I gotta, be, I have to be careful with that. You know? Yeah. Do you, do you have, have you gotten to where like you, you're thinking about an idea and you're excited for it? And then that time where you actually say out loud to a person, it loses that, that energy or that excitement. It was like, what? yeah. Yeah. That's why I have a tendency of not telling anybody anything. Right. I just roll with it. Right. <laughs> like you just come, because, come through the ashes out of nowhere. It's like, Oh, by the way, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, seriously, really and truly, I um even with the uh, the apparel line, what I did was I had I saw the the designs were were for sale, and I was like, you know, these designs really they resonate with me, and I, I just I have the ideas that would really go good, that would really be good on a t shirt, and um whatever, and I ran it by some friends, just two of my friends. I was just like, hey man, hey guys, like I'm thinking about doing this thing. What do you guys think? And I, I put the design on a t-shirt. I didn't even buy the, because it was what it was, was it was a graphic designer selling design mm. that, you know, you could put on a t-shirt. Mm. And so I'm like, I, I took one of the designs, I crafted it, put it on a shirt, and I sent it to my friends. And I said, it was a picture. And I was like, man, would you guys wear this shirt? And they were like, absolutely. Like, I would do it. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm thinking about this. And this is, you know, and I'm thinking of this idea for an apparel company or like a t-shirt shop or whatever, like an online only 
And they were like, oh, okay, cool. And then the next few days, like I, I posted, I'm like, okay, it launched. And uh, they had three designs for sale. And they're like, what? Like, it just came out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> but but I noticed that, though. The more I talk about things, the more it loses that momentum. And it loses that excitement. Rather than just say, you know what? Just hit record and just see what comes out. And right. then, you know, go from there. Right. You know, that's what I did with uh, when I did the Creative Coping Podcast. I released the trailer for it. Um, well, actually, no, it wasn't a trailer. It was like an intro episode. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to do it. I right. put pressure <laughs> on myself. Like, I put it out there, and then people are like, oh, what's this? You know, and I started sending them the link to friends and stuff. And I was like, okay, now I have to put out episodes, you know. And, and that's just kind of how I operate, you know. Um, I, I didn't tell anyone I was doing spoken word poetry until I had I had a, my first gig. My first wasn't even really a gig. It was a uh, our first uh, performance. And like I said, while well, I was talking about that seven minute set, you know, that I did, um, I, no one knew before then but until I said, Hey, I'm actually going to be doing spoken word poetry at this event. Um, and yeah, a few people showed up and, uh, yeah, <laughs> a people that I knew, you know, <laughs> right, but, right, but, yeah. The, <laughs> but yeah. And, and cause they had no idea what it was and like, okay, whatever. And, um, yeah, it was it was cool, man. I just have a tendency to do that because I I don't want to be the type of person that just that talks, you know. Right, what I mean, just right. talks and talks and and uh, I just want to execute, you know, as 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 efficient as I can, you know. Yeah. You, you, long winded, I know. No, <laughs> no. I, I, like I said, this 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 is about like you know your story, like you your like the person behind the pad, so to speak, or behind the mic. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's exploring yeah. that Excalibur that you pull out of your stone in your life type feel. Um, so yeah, I like it. I love the the, the, the long winded ones because you're really diving deep, and sometimes you're even if there's maybe questions that you someone says and or ideas that you're kind of just like thinking the answer while you're talking. Because yeah. it's like I didn't think about that, or you know, because even when you're talking, I'm thinking, like, oh man, I didn't think about that way about me. And, Sometimes I get lost in my thoughts. I'm like, oh wait, I'm, I gotta listen because <laughs> you, you, like you. Some people say some amazing stuff. It's like, wow, I'm reflecting on it right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's why I appreciate these, uh, these, uh, these interviews because honestly, I think well, I can give a good twenty minutes. Like, but because you know, I just don't feel like um, I have a lot to talk about. But then when the questions come, it's like, oh. And here I look at it like an hour, over an hour now. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I've got I've got more to say than what I think. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> I mean, because you because like I said, when I'm going to podcasts, I you know, I don't, there's no questions really. There's ideas of thoughts and points to think about. But I love when it just goes on a random tangent. Like I've talked about on other podcasts about anime and comic books for for twenty thirty minutes <laughs> before. So yeah, <laughs> so. But touching on before, you were mentioning how you're selling shirts you know, in Ohio and Canada more than local and um, things like that. You know, I've noticed something where, and I talk about this with my fellow poets in the area, it's like poetry, poetry for example, or projects in, gen in general, it's like we've all agreed, like, you know, we can't rely, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I mean this in a, uh, yeah. we can't really rely on our, our circle um, to always be there or be there, period. Because um, for whatever reason, um, it's like you have to always reach out for the external side in 
try and bring them in more so. I've noticed like more external people come to support you than you know the the inner circle. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah, you think it'd be the opposite, but it's not usually the case. Yeah, what I've noticed about my inner circle, like they they'll have my back through thick and thin, man. Right. They'll, yeah. they'll 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 be there, like for me if I need. But when it comes, sure. to, they're not. And you know, sometimes you know, shouldn't they be like the first ones lining up to support me? But when it comes to things, to other things, I know they would they would be there. You know, I know they would, you know, uh, drop what they would to, to help me in any way. But sometimes, yeah, um, I, I do notice that you, you get it more like some of that support, or at least that shown support. Like you know, your inner circle supports you. You know, they they care what you do and, right. and how you do it. You know, but um. But yeah, sometimes, man, you uh, you get more, or at least it feels like you get more support from those outside of your 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 niche, you know, yeah. uh, your your set group of people, you know. Like I said, I mean that in a and, positive, um, only in a negative way. You know? Yeah, no, I I, can, I completely agree. It it is it is it's um where you don't really hold it against them. No. You just kind of like you know these people, you know these guys would be there for you for for anything. You know what I mean? But yeah. um. Yeah, so you really don't hold it against them. But yeah, I, I noticed that, though. I really do. I, I noticed that. Um, and it's funny that it's not just, you know, because so many times I think, well, maybe it's just me. But yeah, the, the fact that there are other creatives out there that kind of deal with that, you know, it's, it's good to know. It's good to know you're not alone in that. I, I had to deal, learn that hard because in the beginning when I was putting on shows and you know, they would show up to a couple or they would show, wouldn't show up at all, I felt some type of way. Like, kind of like I want you to be there. I want you to be on this journey with me in this, in this, you know, this yeah. show or whatever. And they, they they have shown up. People you know, I'm close to have shown up, and I didn't really understand. Like, you know, they're not going to be there every show. Like, even my wife has missed a couple because of you know her her being tired or whatever. It's fine. You know, deep down, it's kind of like you do want them there because you want to express that you want to express yourself to them as well. So it's like, look, I'm look what I'm doing. I'm doing this. You know. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot better. Like I've now just like, you know, it is what it is. I know that like exactly how you said, they'll be there you know, for other stuff and other things. It just, you know, and they do support you just in their own way. Right. Yeah. And even with that, I'm excited about a gig and my wife just can't make it or, you know, just, you know, for whatever. And it kind of bums me out because it's like, I want you to be there to see this, you know, but yeah. she's missed, you know, <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> right. it's like, dang. But at least when they when you get home, she's there. You know, it's like so how'd it go? Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I remember I had like this really good night, like where my I released a poetry book a few years ago. And it was a really good night, and it was just like, I, where's my wife? Like, dude, they had people like, who, like I was like a proud that I'm on the table, and like after my performance, like there was like a line of people just coming up wanting to copy. You're Dang, right. where's my wife? Like, where am I? Where? Like, I had no one, like that was in my inner circle there at the gig, and I'm just like no one's going to believe me like that moment, you know, where, um, you have a good gig, you know, and like, you realize like none of your inner circles there and you're like, dang, like, you know, things are good. Like people are wanting like book signed and stuff like that. And then no one's there like in your inner circle to see that, yeah. you know, where that, that feeling of it was so great. When I come home and I like, man, like, gosh, if you were there, like it just would have been so great. <laughs> right. Like, even just to document it for me, you know, like but just yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean, it's like kind of, kind of just like you want to like hold their hand or uh, give them a hug, like look, 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 what's going on? You see this? You see this? 
pinch pinch me yeah. am i dreaming yeah yeah exactly if you can name this podcast episode your episode right now what would it be wow so it normally it's funny because normally like it takes me that's probably aside from the editing the longest um <laughs> part that takes me to like name a podcast episode like i'll go through like and listen to little snippets of just like where where is it like i know the name is in here somewhere like right. the title is in here somewhere and um it's funny yeah i don't man i don't know like i want to think of something like really clever but like off the top of my head i don't know if i can do it um we touched on so much i know um, i know <laughs> yeah maybe you know what with I don't know. I, maybe not. I don't know. It's cheesy. So, no, no, man. I had the, the last episode. <laughs> we titled it um, "Waffles and Vodka." <laughs> so so I mean, we can we can go wild. <laughs> to me, it's like the vibe. Yeah. The vibe you have right at this moment for this episode. The the energy you're feeling through the conversations, or a key point that stands on your head. That's kind of you know, no pressure. <laughs> Yeah, 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 man. Uh, honestly, I would probably say like something along the lines of like, because, you know, I was talking earlier about delayed gratification. So maybe like Ooh. delayed gratification. And um, I don't know, man, something something along those lines. I have no idea. I'm making this harder than what I have to do. Um, <laughs> I kind of like that delayed gratification. Delayed gratification and procrastination. I don't know. I'm thinking of rhyming now. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> There's so many different, like, there's so many things, man. Okay, I, I, I don't know, I, man. I, I, Understanding. <laughs> yeah. The title. Of Dude. maybe, of of procrastination and proclivity. Like, I don't know. About, like, maybe that. Look up maybe words like, now. <laughs> yeah, proclivity is just something you do, like, daily, you know? And then there's mm. procrastination, things that you put off. So maybe that, of, you know, of procrastination and proclivity or something like that. I don't know. Impediments into opportunities. I I don't know because um, just I don't know. I'm going going off the rails. <laughs> you start, but, um, you're, you're creating now. That's what your mind's creating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, because like even impediments to opportunities, um, turning your impediments to opportunities, like those those weaknesses into opportunities for for poetry or podcasting, whatever. Because I have so many. I feel like um, even just insecurity that would just hold me back from creating what I want to. And like I said, just trying to conquer that fear of like, you know what? No, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something in that. I, you wrote, know? I wrote down a few. I wrote down um, delayed gratification, productivity and procrastination and impediments and opportunity. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. There's something in there. I'll, I'll, I'll mix together a few and uh, let you know what yeah. I come up with. <laughs> finding, I don't know, finding the key to your creativity. I, I don't know. I don't know. Five keys by Johnny Anomaly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be it. Well, actually, I want actually before before we segue out, um, how did you come up with your name? What uh oh the stage name. Yeah. Oh that um that 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 was probably around twenty sixteen. I think I was just kinda like brainstorming um in front of my computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um I have a tendency to want to see things written out before actually going, going with it. Right. And I, I mean, considering that I'm a bearded, heavy set, <laughs> white dude who does spoken word poetry, 
I'm, you know, um, going into classrooms, especially during that time, 2016-17, where I realized anomaly. Like, you know what I mean? It's just something you don't really see too often. Right. And I think that's part of the reason why it's interesting because I'm not what you would expect to come into your classroom and teach you spoken word poetry or even going in and you're having this tattooed guy come in there and I'm teaching your students about, you know, finding ways to find their voice and all these different things and getting in front of a classroom to present. These kids barely even speak in class Mm. and I'm getting them to go in front of the class and present poetry. What? Like it just doesn't make sense. So my name, my name is John LaBeouf and my friends call me JP for John Paul. John Paul's my middle, Paul is my middle name. So I go by many different names. (laughs) So my coworkers know me as John. My friends know me as JP. And now, you know, when I perform poetry, it's Johnny Anomaly. They know me as Johnny Anomaly. And it's almost embracing the fact that, yes, I am, I am different. I might not be what you'd expect, but uh, I've just come to embrace that. Um, Yeah. So I, I'm all about having a stage name. I just couldn't say the JP or Jossa. That's uh, that's kind of just about it. I, I looked it up and it was like, oh, someone had to have taken this already. Right, right. And the way I spelled, no, no one, no one did. So I was like, oh, great, perfect, it works out. Because that's always the worst is coming up with a name and then realizing like, oh wait. It's yeah. already taken, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And someone else had the name, but it was J-O-N-N-Y, and mine's J-O-H-N-N-Y. So mm. it's a little different, but as far as spoken word poetry is concerned, I'm the only one, so that's all I can ask for, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you don't want to take something that someone else is, you know? Yeah. Or like, you, you're on a flyer, and then it's like, oh, is it this person? And they go and see you, like, that's not them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be the worst, man. Uh, that would be the worst. They still come up to you, it's like, you're not that... that um, that girl that I was coming to see, Anomaly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, wait. Her name is Johnny yeah. Anomaly, too. <laughs> yeah. There, because there was a there was a woman who was like Johnny. It was J-O-H-N-N-I-E. Mm. And uh, she was like Bertrand or something like that. And um, But yeah, I thought about that. You know, so it's funny you, you say that because, yeah, easily, like, just so happens, like, it could it could go one way or the other. Like, wait a minute, you're not, you're not who I was expecting. Right. You know? Hopefully, I, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you still like me though. <laughs> I'll be like my yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, do you have any, pl- yeah, you want to plug your podcast, uh, plug any events you have coming up or, you know, any projects you have or you know, social media? Yeah. So you can find me online, uh, like on an Instagram. Oh, well, I'm going to restart that. So you can find me on social media at Johnny underscore anomaly on a, on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and you can search the creative coping podcast on Instagram as well. Creative coping pod, um, all over. And so, uh, yeah, uh, anywhere podcasts are heard, you can, uh, you can find me there. Nice. And John, I really appreciate you, um, doing this. Like I said, we had some hiccups, you know, with scheduling and everything like that. Cause the man, the artists were fighting each other for those couple of days. We were trying to get, get together and do this. Um, but I really do. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's it's an honor, man. I'm really, I can't thank you enough for having me. It's, uh, it's man, it's, it's, I just want to thank you so much. And uh, man, with everything you're doing, man, I just want to encourage you with it. Um, keep on. I'm really enjoying, and uh, yeah, maybe we can connect one of these days. 
Definitely. I'm going I'm, to I'm try and get you up here for a show, too. So. I'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been, John, again, I appreciate you. I appreciate the listeners. Um, hey, remember, everybody, vibes do not lie. <laughs>